everybody, welcome back to a new episode of Little Geek Lost. We're continuing on with the 90s music theme, and this episode is sort of about the big genre that there was in the 90s, alt-rock, alt-rock and grunge. When you think of music in the 90s, when I think of music in the 90s, that's sort of what defines it for me, is alt-rock, 90s alt-rock, was sort of just all the music that there was at the time. It was what was played on the radio, is what was played on much music, our version of MTV. It's what all my friends listen to, it's what I listen to. It was sort of just a big genre of music. And I think that's where most of the big, bigger bands came out of. A lot of those bands are still around today or were up until the last few years or so. And then there was a bunch of one hit wonders because that's what the 90s was full of, right? Um, So before I get into the bands, I kind of just wanted to go through what alt-rock and grunge and all that basically were. I mean, if you don't know what genre or style that is, I mean, you kind of should, right? It's just a general basic one. But if you don't, (laughs) here's what it is. So um, alt-rock, alternative rock is sort of, it's a genre style of rock music and it kind of came from independent music scene in the late 80s, um, early 90s. It says that the word alternative refers to the genre's distinction from mainstream rock. So it's stuff that wasn't necessarily mainstream, but it's funny because it came to be more mainstream in the 90s anyways. Um, it was referring to more of a generation of mu- musicians unified by, by their collective debt to either musical style or simply the independent DIY ethos of punk rock. So that's basically where alternative comes from um it became more of a broad sort of term um for all music at the time i guess in the 90s sort of like the the anti whatever not really anti-establishment but stuff that wasn't like mainstream rock um in terms of its sound and a lot more of like it's the social messages and stuff um there's a lot more of like college radio and indie rock i mean you probably you know align it more to indie rock sort of thing so in those days there was like all the major the major record labels and stuff and then there was more of the independent ones and that's where a lot of the alt rock came from at the time basically um and then from there it broke off into grunge which was mainly led by nirvana and pearl jam um, comes from the Seattle area is where it sort of started and it was more like the underground music scene from there um, so you can think of like grunge type stuff so you have Nirvana's Nevermind, Pearl Jam's 10, Soundgarden's Bad Motorfinger, Alice in Chains Dirt, Stone Temple Pilots Core um, I'll talk more about them in the bands part of the show but that that was more of like what the grunge part of it was right so Grunge sort of um, fuses elements of punk rock and heavy metal. It's a little bit in between. It's it's dirtier, I guess, because it's grunge, right? So it may not be as clean as alt rock. Um, definitely not as radio friendly, probably as some of the other alt rock ones were. And grunge sort of had more of its own culture. So it was like a lot of like the big plaid shirts, the jean so- shorts, the Doc Martin boots. That was sort of like the grunge style and culture of the time. Whereas alt rock was a lot of just the regular 90s stuff. I mean, when I think of 90s music, I almost just think of alt rock because it sort of just categorized it all. And that's kind of where things came from and broke off from there. So, you know, that's just a little 
a brief overview <laughs> overview of like the two main genres probably from the 90s i mean you have everything else in between because you still had you know the heavy metal and rap and hip-hop and techno which i will get into on a future episode but sort of when i think of alt rock and you know that's kind of what i think of when i think of 90s music right so i want to just kind of go through some of the main the main bands <laughs> at the time so of course we start off with nirvana because you can't talk 90s alt rock and grunge without talking about nirvana now there was other ones like pearl jam um that i wasn't really a big fan of I sort of chose Nirvana over it and even though you know Kurt Cobain died in 1994 so it was only like not even halfway into the 90s it was still a big influence of the 90s going into the 90s and for the rest of it up until today really and it's you know I've talked about it before it's kind of like he was the voice of a generation or one of them right so Nirvana was a big one, a uh, big one for me. I was just sort of just getting into them um, when he died. Unfortunately, I was 13 at the time. So it was, you know, just something I was just getting into. But since I kind of got a hold of it and listened to Nirvana, I've always loved them. They've always been like in my top, you know, top 10, maybe top five favorite bands of all time. There's a lot of songs that I, of theirs that I can, you know, listen to constantly that always end up on playlists of mine. And yeah, just a huge Kurt Cobain and Nirvana fan. So when Nirvana ended because Kurt Cobain died, from there you get Foo Fighters. Um, Dave Grohl, who's in Nirvana, started Foo Fighters. And again, that's another big favorite of mine. Um, Really into their music and into Dave Grohl's sound and the way he does things and all of that. So I was a huge fan of them as well, even to this day. And they're still around to this day. So... There you go. <laughs> um, another one, Smashing Pumpkins. You kind of have to have them on the list, right? Uh, good old Billy Corgan and Smashing Pumpkins. And it's funny because I remember I wasn't a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan, but I did have the double cassette tape of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. And it's probably one of the only times I've actually liked just instrumental music. I'm not really a big fan of just playing instrumental music. I usually like music where they're singing. But there's a couple really good ones on there that I really liked, especially. So I was kind of into that. That was more My Smashing Pumpkins. Um, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, another huge one. If you follow me on social media, you saw my poster, the radio cut it off. So it said Bullet with Butt, which was pretty hilarious. So um, Pearl Jam mentioned them. Not really a huge fan, but they were a big influence in the 90s. Good old Eddie Vedder and his you know, signature voice sound. Um, Jeremy was a big song and I don't, like I said, I'm not really a big fan of it, but it's one of those ones where you you know it because it was on everything, right? Um, Green Day. Green Day is another one that I was a huge fan of, um, especially the Dookie album at the time. And it was sort of a bit more like punky, I guess, than I'd listened to before. So that was kind of a new, a new thing for me. My best friend Kat was obsessed with <laughs> Billy Joe. So she was a huge Green Day fan. Um, I had a crush on the drummer. His name was Trey Cool, which was really weird. <laughs> um, what else? There is Radiohead. So Radiohead's a weird one where you either, I feel like you either kind of like them or you hate them, or maybe you're just like ambivalent to them, I guess. Um, I'd, I've never really met anyone that's a, a big, really big Radiohead fan. Those people just kind of, just kind of like some of their music. They kind of, you know, recognize it for what it is, but it was kind of very niche, I think, um, is what Radiohead <laughs> ended up being. 
Uh, from there, I moved to Soundgarden. Again, I was never really a big fan of Soundgarden, but you know, with Chris Cornell and his, again, signature voice, it was something that you kind of always heard and stuck out. I mean, you couldn't really go anywhere without hearing Black Hole Sun. It was all over much music, the video and everything. So that was kind of a really big deal at the time. Um, Weezer is another one. I've talked about Weezer. I did a whole episode on Weezer's Pinkerton. Weezer, I'm a big fan of good old nerd rock. <laughs> um, I really appreciate that. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Again, they're around in the late 80s, but sort of carried into the 90s and up until today. And the thing that I find funny about Red Hot Chili Peppers is they kind of, they tend to change their sound more with the times, more so than other bands. Like, Foo Fighters kind of always has their signature sound, but whereas Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know it's them, but they still kind of have adapted more to the sound of today. So that's kind of cool. Um, Alice in Chains, again, never really a big fan of Alice in Chains, but you know, that really unique sound, especially the guitars and stuff. I find that that's one of the weird things about the 90s that you can you can identify it's a song from the 90s by the guitar and that probably happens for other decades too but I guess just for me personally you know hearing that 90s and the 90s guitar that it immediately just brings back nostalgia for me um from there (laughs) we'll move on to REM again not one that I was a huge fan of but very iconic um around in the 80s and in the 90s and definitely, you know, known for Michael Stipe and his weird dance if you watched the music videos. So, um, Stone Temple Pilots is a weird one where I kind of was a fan of them, but not really. And I actually bought one of their CDs. I think it was the one with Orange Crush on it or Orange Crash or whatever it was. And I was really mad because you couldn't, there was no song listings. It was just weird art on it. And I didn't even know it was on it. And I bought the CD and I ended up hating it. But you can't bring a CD back once it's open, so I was kind of stuck with it. Um, let's move on to... <laughs> I'm just sort of going through a list that I'd made of a lot of the different bands. And it's funny because it's like, they're all well-known. And I could sit here and just rattle off like probably 100 bands from the 90s. And most people don't know them. Um, a big one is Bush. And for a brief period in Canada, they were known as Bush X. Because there was another net band that was named Bush and for whatever reason they wouldn't let them have the rights to it wouldn't let them use the name Bush in Canada so they had to go by Bush X and even on 16 Stone you had the CD and it had the little X beside their name so that was really weird for a while and I remember they ended up finally getting the rights and so everything just went to Bush and you know in all of North America and in Europe and all that and there was weird people that were like oh I'm gonna hold on to my CD because it says Bush X and it's gonna be worth money someday and it's not it didn't really end up being worth any money. Um, another weird one is the Cranberries. So the Cranberries definitely had their own unique sound. Again, most of these bands did. Like they had their very own unique singer sound. They didn't really blend into other ones, and that's probably why they stood out so much in in the '90s. Um, it was, you know, they only had a couple big songs, and again, I think you really had to really be a fan of them at the time. I wasn't, but I did like Zombie, and I think Dreams is the only other one that I really liked, but, you know, it was, again, just very iconic in the 90s. Um, And then another big one was No Doubt, so again, (laughs) had their sort of Jamaican-influenced sound. They started in the 80s, but kind of got really big in the 90s, and you had just a girl in Spiderweb, and I think just about any girl that I knew that had her own phone line had the, the Spiderweb part 
where it's like leave a message and I'll call you back as her answering machine message. Um, very, very iconic and, you know, sort of one of the first maybe more influential women of the 90s. I mean, there's lots of other ones, but especially with the Just a Girl song where it's kind of like, you know, shooting back like, I'm not really just a girl kind of deal. <laughs> I'm not going to get political on my show. <laughs> um, so from there, I'm going to go on to The Offspring. And like I said before, Green Day, Offspring, and Nirvana were sort of like my top three of the 90s. I mean, Weezer's in there too. But Offspring, again, more punkier sound. And I kind of like that and like the sort of more, I guess, rebellion nature of it. I wasn't really into a lot of harder stuff. So Offspring was probably as hard as I got in the 90s. Um, and then, of course, you had Blind Melon, and I was a really big fan of Blind Melon and Shannon Hoon to the point that I even had a doll named Shannon, so that was kind of weird at the time. Uh, Blind Melon was huge in the 90s. I'm going to kind of skip over some of these British ones because I talked about them on my British podcast, but I have to mention Soul Asylum. Um, again, started in the 80s, carried into the 90s. As much as you may hate Runaway Train and all that stuff, they were a big part of the 90s and just sort of the feel and the videos. I remember watching much music and just having these videos just played all the time. So that was, you know, another another huge one. Um, ooh, Everclear. Everclear is a good one. I was a really big fan of Everclear, um, especially Santa Monica was a huge favorite song of mine. And again, like I think that they were kind of maybe a one album wonder or two album wonder. They didn't really do anything past the 90s, really. Um, Beastie Boys mentioned on the rap episode, but they were they were huge and probably my entrance into the rap world, I guess, was probably Beastie Boys. Um, Veruca Salt, probably again, maybe a two hit <laughs> wonder, but they were another really cool girl-led band and you started seeing that a lot more. I mean, there wasn't like the 70s and 80s and stuff, but seeing more rock chicks in alt-rock and kind of like getting into mainstream was something that was really cool to see happening, you know, in the 90s as a teenage girl. I really, I really appreciated it. Um, and then I'm going to mention Collective Soul <laughs> because I was a big Collective Soul fan. And I believe they actually came through town, but I didn't go because I was too young to go to the concert. But... They were like a really big deal and with gel and and all that was a huge deal in the 90s and okay not the last but song but or one i'm gonna mention <laughs> but goo goo dolls another another big band um they started in the 80s and they had big hits in the 90s with their dizzy up the girl album and i still listen to iris to this day like it's one that's always on my playlist i always have you know a soft spot for it so that's another another great 90s band. So another one I want to mention that is definitely one hit wonder and probably not many people know is Zucker Baby. <laughs> they had the song Shampoo. Um, I was a huge fan because I was a huge fan of weird bands like that. And I remember the lead singer had two different colored eyes. He had one blue eye and one brown eye and that was definitely a weird thing that stood out. Um, and then they were playing in town but I couldn't go to the show. I think it was an all ages show but I think it was just like a last minute thing that I ended up finding out about it and my parents weren't going to let me go because I was like 16 at the time. But the funny thing was, we <laughs> I was wandering around like downtown with my boyfriend, who's now my husband. 
And I saw the lead singer like going through this mall area. I'm like, oh, I think that's the guy from Zucker Baby. And he's like, who? I'm like, Zucker Baby. So we kind of followed him along. And he went to the hair salon. And I kind of like followed him. And after I was like, oh, you're from Zucker Baby. And he's like, yep. I'm like, can I get your autograph? And I had like my notebook from high school and my backpack. So I got him to sign it. And I was like super stoked. And it was funny because it was like the only time I've really like seen a celebrity wandering around in my in my town. I mean, it's a hundred thousand people. A lot of bands come through here, but it's not very often you see them like wandering out in public. And I guess maybe he figured no one would recognize them, and no one really did. I was the only one that sort of followed him, so that was really cool. That was like my only celebrity <laughs> encounter, and it happened in the '90s to a '90s alt rock band. So I know I kind of went through the list, um, and there's probably a lot more. And those are just sort of, you know, a lot of the ones that, that I could think of to to have in the 90s. Um, I think that most of them, like I said, I was fans of most of them. I mean, I've been fans of Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, but I definitely know a lot of their songs. So, you know, I can appreciate their music and I can appreciate the skills of Eddie Vedder. And, you know, there's those things online where I think it was like he's like the last man standing or whatever from like the 90s alt rock or 90s grunge sort of bands. So... Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of them. I know I kind of whipped through them fast, but I tend to talk fast on these solo ones. So you can always hit me up. Let me know who your favorite 90s alt-rock bands are. Um, if there's ones I missed, if there's ones that you wanted to talk about, hear more about, or, you know, sort of whatever. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at sign of 2 nz extra N is for extra awesome. And yeah, like hopefully you're digging these 90s music episodes I know you know some of them could have been a bit longer but that's just kind of how I do things right I kind of just talk and go and that's how they end up being so there's going to be a couple more up until episode 99 and then we have episode 100 coming up soon it's coming up fast so you know hopefully that's something that you're excited about I'm excited about it um it's kind of a big deal so hopefully you know we stick around for that that's coming up soon and hopefully you enjoy these 90s episodes and we'll stick around for more. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Little Geek Lost. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Cyanide with two N's. The extra N is for extra awesome. As well as the show feed at Little Geek Lost. And you can check out the website littlegeeklost.com for all my show info, my blogs, my podcast, anything else that I feel like posting. As well, the show is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Leave a rating and review and I will read it on a future show. And again, thanks for tuning in.